Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was Christmas morning and I was like, I'm 77 miles away. This should probably be three or four days or something like that. And then all of a sudden I just clicked into this flow state in my brain where just everything felt strong and powerful. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to see if I can go without stopping completely to the end. The sun never sets here. And so I did the last final 77 miles in this 32 hour flow oh state God, push dude. in my body. <laughs> Do an intro like uh, Rogan. Four, three, two, two, one. No, he doesn't say one. And we're live. Welcome back to Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening, watching, viewing, subscribing, blah, blah, blah. You heard it before. We do an audio only extended QA with the guests after on Spotify and iTunes. So make sure you listen to that as well. Can you bring in this magical savior god dog? Broly, 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 Broly. Oh, this is this is Broly's first time on uh, on the set of Impulsive. As you guys I know, cannot. Yeah, we just got the cutest dog in the world, King Broly Blue at Broly Blue on Instagram. If you want to give him a follow, he's drinking my water. Hey, Broly Spencer needs that. He ran a triathlon this Go morning. Ahead, drink so up. If you could, could not. Will you still drink no. it, Spencer? Okay, buddy. You used to be Kong yeah, stopping yeah, guns. It's kind of sad. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Broly's in the family now. We, don't, we he's not quite used to having like a body and stuff yet. He's really yeah. unathletic, unlike like kind of like Mike and unlike Spencer. Um, how's everyone doing today? We all good? You look good. wet. You, oh, you're, I'm a little wet. I I was on the bike like literally ten minutes ago. I forgot about the podcast, man. I'm gonna be honest. No, 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 I didn't. Forget you got the about calendar it. invite. <clears throat> I know. I lost my phone last night. Are you night. a triathlete or a podcaster, Spencer? You got to choose one. A bit of both. A bit, nah, of, uh-uh. a bit of both? Uh-uh. You can't be a bit of both. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you got to choose one guy. I lost my phone last night, and I had to go deep into the hood to get it. Oh. The hood of a car? No. The, the, the hood? Like, like Compton hood? Yeah. Wait, you lost your phone like, in the hood? What were you doing in the hood Okay, the so I got, a, I got a lift to a party that I was going to in Malibu, yeah. and then I left my phone in the car. Was it a vegan party? Yeah. Well, that's your problem. It was. It was. <laughs> and right. the guy took it all the way back to his house and he sent me the address and it was like surprise middle of like <laughs> East yeah. LA. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. And so I get uh, there, I pull, fuck. I get out of my car. I, I'm like looking for this guy because he won't answer the phone and he just gets out of a like tinted car. Oh yeah. I'm like, dude, this is it. You know what's worse thing? <laughs> the regular cars? Tinted, tinted cars. cars. Tinted cars yeah. Not tinted windows. The ca- whole car. No, the whole car was tinted. <laughs> you got your phone now? You got it? I got it, bro. Oh, there we go. I okay, didn't so die either. Go. He got his phone. You know, you know what's worse it's than that? Losing your phone sucks. You know what's worse than that? Much worse? Mike's middle name is Lauren. Ooh. <laughs> his middle name is fucking Lauren. That's rough. Fuck! And I can't, I can't believe I didn't know that. My mom was obsessed with Ralph Lauren. And so she named me after the yeah. famous designer. She told me at a young age... Two things never go out of style, being skinny and Ralph Lauren. <laughs> so I rolled with both of them, and then I got fat, fuck. But my middle name's still Lauren. And, no, no, and, I, and Ralph Lauren kind of fell off. He kind of did, did a little bit. My you're, mom, fuck me. You're saying it different than, fuck. can you stop pressing that one, bro? It's just it's a little bit explicit. Look out. Okay. <laughs> Who made Mike in charge at the soundboard? I, 
producer Dylan, that was your call. Yeah, that was that was his call. You're saying it different. I noticed you're saying Loren. Please say Loren. There's a tilde over it, over the E. <laughs> oh, there is? Yeah. There's an accent they goose? Yeah, there's not, but I'm saying there is for the show. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Cool. You guys see Avengers? Oh, my God. Wow. So good. It was a good movie, bro. It was really good. I would fire. never see it again. I'm not going to lie. Little, little too slow, but the storyline was great. The acting was great. It was... The, I think... Um, the, the Russo brothers do a great job of making these characters who are larger than life, these superheroes, human. And, like, I found it uh, incredible that people were crying multiple oh times God, during, yeah. during George Janko. George Janko. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Basically, the whole time, the girl next to me that did the recording for the soundboard, she was blubbering like a little seal. Yeah. I, I almost, I, I almost teared up. I, I like, didn't want to look at her. I was embarrassed <laughs> for myself and her, dude. She was like, I almost teared up, but I can't say the, the part that I almost teared up at. I don't want to spoil anything. People We're, are posting spoilers without context on, on Twitter. It's yeah, like it's a rough. thing right now. Thor's fat. I don't think you'd say that's a spoiler. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're doing a, a video, a vlog this week about, about the Avengers. And uh, yeah, so so we're all going to dress up as the Avengers. Mike's going to be the Hulk. You can see the resemblance. We're nice. Gonna him, we're going to paint him green. Hey, I got a question. Um, I, was, I was out this weekend. I was doing my thing. And I was talking to a, a bartender. And I noticed some like immediately, immediately, I'm attracted to her. This happens often with bartenders and, and server, server people. Yeah. Chicks. Servants. Are we extra attracted to bartenders and servers like waitresses? I feel like a lot of them first off are hired when they're very attractive too. Like they're in that position. They're they're there to especially to bait you especially in. in LA. Oh my god, you're so right. You just got baited, it's dog. A oh my god. Well, you also, bit the hook. Well, also think about it. Think about the stage of life you're in most times when you see a bartender. Of course, they're more attractive. Yeah. You don't even know your name. You you're don't horny. know where you are. What's happening? For sure, of course, horny. they're beautiful. Wow, this is a beautiful woman. You're like. Logan, you are talking to a stuffed giraffe on this. Like, they're just, of course they're beautiful. Yeah. You have beer goggles on, dude. No, he's right. Is it? There's actually um a reason for this. Because I don't know, you like, you love bottle girls. Yeah, bottle me, girls. Like, I was just in Vegas. There's millions of them. Of course. They live, Billions. They, yeah, they, they populate Vegas. Um, But there's actually a reason for this. <clears throat> this is from an expert. Her last name is Goldstein and her first name is Meredith. Uh, she wrote, she wrote, Goldstein believes that a more current reason people get starry eyed for their local drink slingers, because so many of us these days are starved for in real life human interaction. You might go a whole day engaging with your own friends online. And it can be common to go long stretches of time without someone smiling at you and asking you what you want. The bar might be one of the few places in life where we still have that kind of exchange. Mm. Someone who just cares about what you want. So what that tells me is we probably need to start replacing bartenders with like little iPads because they're the one outlier right now. And we need to, we need to like get this to fall We need to get rid of them. Like you walk up, you hit like a thing on a pad Facts. and it just orders the yeah. drink yeah. and it comes out of a little conveyor belt to you. They mm -hmm. have that at some restaurants. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. I believe it was a Friday's. I was at. I ordered uh, the Bloomin' Onion. Was that Friday's? Oh, no, it's not Outback. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloomin' yeah. Onion's bomb. Coconut it's, shrimp too. Uh, there, solid. fire. Hey, yeah. should, uh, should we bring on our guest? Probably. Woo, probably. Uh, we we bullshit a lot. Hey, this guest is dope, dude. I'm I'm real pumped for this one, guys. I want to bring him on. He has climbed the highest mountain on every continent on Earth. He's a professional triathlete, and his Insta bio says he's the first across Antarctica solo, unsupported, and unaided. And when he's not traveling around the world as a motivational speaker, he's here on Impulsive. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Colin O'Brady. <laughs> what up, baby? Yo, what's good? What up? You're a legend. <laughs> no, I mean that. I appreciate that, man. Of course, bro. Of course. You, um, when you crossed Antarctica solo, what was it? 54 days? 54 days all alone, dragging a 375 pound sled with all my food and gear and Actually, everything. Yeah, no, re- no resupplies, no, no kites, no dogs, just mono we mono uh, versus Antarctica. No one had ever completed that in history before. Look at this. Look at this picture. <laughs> first off, shit. first off, this is, this is crazy. Who took this picture? That's actually me in Greenland training for oh, Antarctica. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's actually a smaller sled. That's like 220 pounds. My no Antarctica way. sled was almost twice that. Am I yeah, close? God. Can, can yeah, you yeah. guide me to your yeah, Antarctica girl, setup? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, scroll it back. Scroll it back a little bit. Okay. There, there, there's it right there. Right here? Yeah. That doesn't give the full the full vastness of it. Who's but, taking uh, these pictures? You me. Set, set it up on a tripod? You know a thing or two about blogging. Blogging. Yeah. Right? <laughs> blogging Self pictures of yourself. Self timer. Yeah. So a lot of people on my Instagram while they're following along this project were like, yo, but he's got a film crew out there. He's doing that. I'm like, no, I'm taking my gloves off, freezing uh, my ass off, yeah. setting it up, and then walking past, coming back to it. It was a whole thing. Good God. I, I can imagine. I've, I've shot, I, I'm from Ohio, and I've shot videos in the cold, like on Vine. We'd have to like pr- press sure. your hold with our thumb, and it would be so cold. How did your fingers not fall off constantly like taking pictures with your phones so, or doing anything? The average temperature in Antarctica is about minus 25. But when the wind kicks up, it was regularly minus 80 degree wind chill, Jesus. which would give you frostbite in about 15, 20 seconds. Holy so uh, you're, you're, you're doing <laughs> things so. quickly uh, at the very least and keeping all the cameras inside against the body uh, to stay warm. Don't they make those gloves that you can interact with oh, your screen yeah. Oh, yeah. if you wear them? That, that is like a thing. However, you didn't uh, have <laughs> that, not with like the big, huge mitts. Yeah, you know, they, they, they haven't had the Antarctica version of that. Uh, yeah. developed yet and you got hand warmers in there no hand warmers no because i too much weight to carry in the sled so there was no resupplies the whole time so i had to take everything with me at the beginning um and people have attempted this before a couple of people have died trying um, really and that's because people have run out of food or run out of supplies or whatever not made it to the end or gotten sick um and so yeah every extra no extra anything i didn't even bring an extra pair of underwear so one pair of underwear 54 days you're lying you're oh lying god <laughs> are you out of your mind god <laughs> holy Just bring an extra crap. pair it's grimy man but you know i gotta keep the most the most food i could get in the sled was uh was the difference and you can't call anyone right i I had a sat phone um so for emergencies and uh, i did check in with my wife periodically she's uh she's amazing she's not just a loving supportive partner but actually kind of dreams up these projects with me runs everything in the background logistics and everything so i could connect with her um but yeah i mean basically alone in silence the sun never sets in antarctica 24 hours no way um so yeah it's a pretty pretty expansive white nothingness lost in your deep in your thoughts did you get a break from your like husbandly duties while you're on this like did, she didn't say like honey can you bring milk home when you come back uh yeah i think my life's not typically like that anyways right but, uh yeah you got was, a good one but you know it was nice it was nice being out there a little peaceful and calm uh, all alone no one to tell you what to do not not particularly my wife but just in in general the the distractions of daily life i was able to go a little deeper so it was nice in that way but very lonely at times for sure this this happens sometimes in my life you're you're one of the uh few people like i'm sitting across from you i don't even know 
like truly where to begin because this is this is wild. You've also, again, like I said in the intro, you've climbed the highest mountain on every continent on earth. I believe you've summited, and by the way, faster than any human ever. Correct. Right, 139 days? 139 days, yes. What is, what is it? The, uh, the So it's called the Explorer's Grand Slam. So I set the speed record for what's called the Seven Summit, so climbing the tallest mountain on each of the seven continents, as well as completing expeditions to both the North and South Pole. That collectively is known as the Explorer's Grand Slam. And like fewer than 50 people in history had ever completed that. Um, and in 2016, um, I became the fastest by not taking any breaks in between mountains, so 139 days straight through from the South Pole all the way, you know, Summit of Everest, Denali, Kilimanjaro, et cetera, um, back to back to back until it was done can i ask you something colin <laughs> <clears throat> are you out of your godforsaken mind <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh i like that sound effect that's good <laughs> oh my god no seriously what are yeah. you thinking this is crazy <laughs> it is it is you know for me uh you know i like pushing my body i like finding the limits of human potential i've you know i've seen your vlog a little bit i know you like to do crazy stuff this will takes it on a different different level but really finding what it is inside of ourselves you know sometimes i think we have limiting beliefs we tell each ourselves we can't we can't do this it's too hard or whatever and by sort of pushing these edges of human potential i like to find my edges but also um to exemplify that for other people who are daring to dream greatly mm. have you found the edge have you found your edge? <laughs> like, was there a point there where you're like, wow, I'm or on any of your expeditions where you were fearful for your own life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a normal human being in that way. You know, I go through the ups and downs, the struggles, uh, certainly, you know, setting up your tent, 80 to 80 mile per hour winds. If I let go of the tent in Antarctica, no extra tent, boom, that flies away. Look I'm out! gone alone in the middle of nowhere. But a lot of this for me actually goes back about 11, 12 years ago. Um, I'm going to make myself sound old uh, here, but I think when I was more like your age. No, no how, how old are you? <laughs> how old do you think I am? I'd say 26. Thir thir early 30s. <laughs> 22. You want venture yeah. a guess? He's going to make a late, joke about me 20s, being old. It's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm Early 34, 30s. man. Let's go. Hey, oh. Quality. Mike. Quality. Quality age, dude. That's Quality right. fucking That's age, right. dude. Um, so anyways, when I was 22, uh, just after college, I was traveling around the world. Uh, I had a backpack and a surfboard, just bumming around, no money, but just want to see the world hitchhiking around. And I found myself on this rural beach in Thailand um, and I saw this flaming jump rope and thought that looked like a good idea. So I jumped this flaming jump rope. Wait, what do you mean? You saw a Flaming jump like, rope. Have you been to Thailand? No. Hey, this is hey, common you in got, Thailand. You got to get out jump of the rope. Just, I completely made that up. <laughs> have you ever left the valley? No. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up here. I won't leave. Um, no. So, yeah, exactly. It's common in Thailand. Uh, you know, flames, fire dancing, etc. My 22-year-old self looked like that. Looked like it was fun. So, you know, big, huge rope. Like when you're a kid, you know, two people, 20-foot rope. I get underneath it. I'm oh, jumping. it's, it's double dutch. Around. Like double dutch. On fire, of, Exactly. Okay. And, uh, you know, you could imagine doing that. Um, I, I actually could. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like something I want to yeah, exactly. do. exactly. Well, don't. Um, the rope wrapped around my legs and let my body on fire completely to my neck. Kerosene sprayed my body. I jumped into the ocean, which extinguished the flames, which put out the fire, but not before about 25% of my body was severely burned. Um, and I was in the middle of nowhere in Thailand, this small little island. So there's no hospital. A moped ride down a dirt path to a run room oh. nursing station like the size of this little room right here were you alone um i had been traveling alone at the time oh um had just met up with a buddy of mine so he was there but um <sighs> i was in this little hospital there's like eight surgeries cat running around my bed and across my chest in the icu in this like makeshift hospital and the doctors were like look you'll never walk again normally like the way you've burned your legs you know ankles you know bones everything i think there actually might be so if you scroll way down actually, I actually saw it yeah. i actually saw the picture there, there's Here's one, one up there uh damn yeah, I have a serious problem with these types of doctors. Like, why? Roll to the side. There we go. Oh, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> okay, okay that, that makes you sense. You don't have so. to leave that up there too long if you don't want. But, uh, oh like, my God, this is disgusting. I'm so sorry. 
no, that this happened. How do, how do you stay positive in a situation like that? Like you're bumming around, you're traveling all over the world and you're in a hospital in Thailand. Like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a dark moment for me. You know, Logan's question about, you know, fear and doubt, you know, that was certainly the depth of despair for me. And I've been an athlete throughout my life, a collegiate swimmer, um, you know, and being told you never walk in normally, obviously it's devastating no matter who you are. Um, but in that moment, really the, the hero of this story is my mother, an incredible woman. She is. She flew all the way over to Thailand, found me basically. And she wrapped me up in all this positivity. She was crying in the hallways with the doctors, you know, ple- pleading for good news. But she came into my hospital room every day with a smile on her face saying like, Colin, like, what do you want to do when you get out of here? Let's set a goal, you know, really just trying to just uplift me. And I guess you could appreciate that. I heard in the intro, you're a bit of a triathlete. So I've been a collegiate swimmer and I actually closed my eyes one day and said, you know what, mom, I'm going to race a triathlon one day. Not something I'd ever done before in my life, but I just kind of fixed my mind uh, on this positive outcome. And so for the next few months, I didn't even walk. I was in this wheelchair, carried on and off the plane in Portland, Oregon when when I got home. And then my mom just like, look, you got to learn how to walk again. So she put a chair one step in front of my wheelchair and she said, you got to take your first step today. So I took, after three months of not walking, taking, you know, three hours to take one step. And the next day I could take a few more steps. The wow. next step after that. So long story short, 18 months later, learning how to walk again, just thinking in my mind, I'm going to race a triathlon. I'm going to figure out how to do this. Um, I signed up for the Chicago triathlon and, uh, you know, finished the race. And to my complete and utter surprise, I hadn't just finished the race, but I actually won the entire triathlon, <laughs> beating about four or 5,000 other people. Oh my God. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of all this of going like, wow, like as humans, not just myself, but as humans, we have these reservoirs of untapped potential inside of us to achieve amazing things. Like what else if I set my mind to, can I go after? And that's kind of been iterative and being a professional triathlete and then going on to do these world records in the mountains and Antarctica and et cetera, of just this constant exploration of those edges. I really, uh, I really like what you said there about humans having reservoirs of untapped potential. We had a uh, Charlie rocket on our last podcast and he, he, probably like you has the same level of uh, manifestation type of belief. Yeah. But reservoirs of untapped potential. I really like that because it's so true. I feel like people aren't pushing themselves to live, to live their full life to the best that they can. But why, why do you think that is? Um, I, I believe that the system is, is breeding people to conform. Mm. And I don't think anything great happened by people conforming. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. for sure. I, also, I also just feel like some people just don't want to. Like some people just don't. They just want to have fun. Like they want to just <clears throat> hang out, watch movies, like have a wife, do like do whatever. Totally. Like, totally. like yeah. just chill out. But is that because society tells you like that's uh, what I don't know. I a just, life should look like? No, I don't know. I don't know what the what the subconscious reason is for it. But I think like. There are people out there who always like type A people that will always strive to do the best they can, overcome adversity, like go drive above and beyond. And then there are some people that just want to, you know, hang out with the friends, crack some PBRs on the weekends, (laughs) get a couple burgers at Shake Shack. I I, I still like cracking a few PBRs on the weekends as well. (laughs) Of course, of course. But I mean, like, you know, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, it's just different strokes for different folks. Yeah, absolutely. But I do believe that, you know, there is, there is something in our society around kind of finding the middle, finding comfort, just kind of just like you said, just being able to sit on the couch. And I think that a lot of that, at least for me, when I look back on that burn accident, yes, it was a a huge mistake in my life, but I learned so much from that failure and that tragedy. But I think oftentimes, 
times when we face adversity, no matter who you are, we're going to face hard times in life, right? Ups and downs, like that's just the way it goes. But it's how you react to that. It's that choice to say like, wow, I actually, when things come bad my way, I get to choose how I move forwards with this. And a lot of people get in that negative fear loop in their Mm -hmm. mind and goes, you know what? I can't, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I can't create this. I mean, I know you had a hard time last year, man. I don't want to bring that up, but you know, but it seems like you've bounced back from that in a meaningful way to go like, wait, okay, maybe I fucked up, but how am I going to grow? How am I going to evolve from this? How am I going to become a better person (laughs) from this? And that's, that's the beauty of life. It's not about, um, someone, someone said to me recently, they said the road to success is, uh, is, is paved in mistakes managed well, failures managed well or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is a great way. It's not, it's not about not failing. It's going like, I am going to fail, but how do I react in those moments when I make a mistake, things don't go my way and continue to build forward in a positive way. The, uh, it's funny you say that everyone we've had on this podcast, the guests I find most interesting, who I'm most intrigued by and have the, the, the best conversations with are the guests who have been through shit. The guests who have failed, made mistakes, um, just cause it gives you, it gives you a 360 degree complexity that, that I'm attracted to. Um, I'm attracted to you, Colin. Yes. Staring right in the eyes. Hey, thanks, man. But, uh, I want to, I want to ask one question too, yeah. before we get off the jump rope. Had you been injured before that in your life ever like badly? Not, not on that level. You know, I've like broken a few bones, just like being a knucklehead kid. I, you know, cracked a wrist, falling off a bike, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on that level, never had like a surgery or a major injury like that. That was definitely another level. And burn injury is weird, right? Like, you know, what like scrapes and bruises or something like that. But burn, you know, the skin is a 25, 25% of your body. It's the largest organ in your body. So you're seeping out proteins. It's yeah. like, I didn't even know how to process that in my mind, let alone the pain of that is just, I mean, the, all the nerve endings are exposed. You still have scars <laughs> from that? Um, considering how bad those photos are, um, not so bad to be perfectly honest you had, gra- um, you had graphs and stuff. yeah that, that's a few <clears throat> graphs but mostly um because of where i was i wasn't able to get like the full kind of medical burn treatment that you would normally get um because by the time i got to the united states it was kind of too late for a lot of that so but all things considered man you know it's not the first thing people notice when i'm wearing you know shorts but i would point out you're like oh shit yeah there's definitely scars oh, okay. there but okay. um but it's not as bad as you might think i got really lucky so is that the the burn accident is that the worst thing that's happened to you the scariest thing that's happened to you in your life because like a lot of the stuff you do, I was going to ask kind of a second question. I feel like you're sort of gambling with death, if I'm being honest. Yeah. A lot of people have... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Died doing the stuff that you've done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you know, believe it or not, you know, whether you could take my word for it, I don't really think of myself as a, as a thrill seeker, as like a risk taker. I think of myself as more of managing risk, which is I don't let risky things stop me from pursuing my passions. But I think to myself, how can I prepare? How can I get ready for this? So when I studied the Antarctica project, which people have been attempting in various forms for about 100 years, and most notably over the last few years, a guy made it 900 miles across, 100 miles from the finish line after 71 days and fell ill and died. And another guy a couple years later, really renowned polar explorer, made it 55 days in and ran low on food and had to be rescued and pulled out of there. So I'm like, what are they doing wrong? Where do they get into rough shape? And so for me, I figured it was actually around food and health and nutrition. Um, I come from a kind of, my parents are in the food industry 
industry. My dad's an organic farmer in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, can we figure this out through like optimized health and nutrition? Maybe these guys weren't treating their bodies right enough. So I actually spent a year in a lab, you know, studying food, finding out all my food sensitivities, like with all these doctors and, you know, nutrition and stuff. And so for me, it's just an example of like preparing in a way. Is it dangerous? Yes. Did I run low on food? Yes. Was I 30 pounds lighter with my hips and ribs like protruding at the end because I couldn't carry enough food? Absolutely. But I figured out just enough of an edge to make the sort of up for the mistakes that some of those people made along the way. And so to me, it's, yes, it's risky, but also I think preparation goes into that. I mean, on Everest, the day I summited Everest, you know, three people died that day. Um, The exact same day that I was up there, three people died. Not anyone I knew who I was climbing with. From exposure to the high altitude. So sometimes people are moving so slowly up there that they run out of supplemental oxygen and they get what's called cerebral or pulmonary edema where your your, uh, chest or brain fills with fluid and and that's it. So again, you know, that could happen to anyone, but at the same time, I train my body to be prepared for that environment. um, And I'm not impervious to, to, you know, challenges, death, you know, all these things that could happen in these environments. But also, you know, I also choose to live my life, I guess, with optimism going like, I also drive a car around LA to get here. You know what I mean? Like I get hit by a car doing yeah. that you know yes it's easy when you're in the himalayas to go an avalanche could come or you know i could die up here or something like that but like that could happen in all sorts of other yeah. weird ways my stepfather who's a huge influence in my life when he was 16 he was just taking the l train in chicago got bumped off the platform ran over by the l train and fortunately he survived with no like crazy injuries but they thought they were pulling a dead body out of there and he was like look like life's too short he literally and was on his way to, you know, Ivy League college, decided to not go to college, moved to Oregon and start a hippie commune because he was just like, you know what? Life's too short. I'm just going to do what I want to do like right now. And so, <laughs> oh I, you know, I take a lot from that and my experiences that led me down that same path, which is, you know, carpe diem, you know, like this, we only got one life. Let's True. get after it. Um, how, how important is it in, in I'd, I'd like to hear from both of you, like in deviating, like there's that standard path. There's that path of societal programming and you, you leave it at some point you know what i mean like how how did you guys get the courage to actually deviate from the path i'd love to hear your answer to that um i i mean i i grew up working hard like that's the one thing i i know i can always fall back on it's an edge i'll always have over everyone i know i work my ass off and jake my brother always said when we were like coming out here to la he would say hard work beats talent. And I argued him for some time, but uh, I started to, to realize that's not true. Hard work is one of the rarest assets to find out here. And I was confident in myself knowing that if I did go off the beat or the go off the beaten path, is that what the saying is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go off the beaten path. I was confident that I could make it happen for myself because of how much I believed in myself. It all, it all started with that, whether that was like a thing with, with parenting and how, how my mother and father raised me. I just never had that, that doubt. Yeah. It it probably was influenced by your parents, but you still made that decision, you know, like at some point you have to like sack up and make that decision. So I, I find it fascinating with people who just decide, like you make that decision, like, yo, I'm going to, bounce i'm gonna go travel the country and bum off couches and just do something different like there's no guaranteed plan there's no idea of what future you have but you're sitting here on number one podcast in the world and you've (laughs) summited mountains all over the world like that's fascinating to me it just blows my mind to hear that 
the confidence that it takes to deviate and what comes as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to the hard work ethic. I think that's a big part of it. But I think it's interesting. There's some parallels for sure. You know, for me, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Didn't grow up with a lot of money when I was a kid. Um, you know, I was really into swimming, which ultimately got me into college at Yale University. Like I, but I, I was not, that was not my path, like an Ivy League path. Like when the Yale swim coach called to recruit me, literally they were like, hi, we're calling to recruit you from Yale. And I was like, so where is that? Like, and my oh mom's my like going like, <laughs> tell, like, tell them where, you know, tell them where it is. New Haven, Connecticut. And tell them who has the best pizza in the world. <laughs> Pepe. <laughs> that's right. So anyways, obviously that's an incredible opportunity for an amazing education and all this, but I'm 17 years old when I go off to college. So I was super young for my grade. I show up there at 17, you know, public school kid from Portland, Oregon shows up in New Haven and all these guys are like, you know, I'm going to be an eye banker. And I'm like, an eye what? You know, like I didn't even know what investment banking was. Like that's how like foreign that sort of whole prep school Northeast world was to me at the time. Now I've gained a lot of respect from that. I, you know, I appreciate my education, but as all these guys are going off, they're like, you know, I'm going to get my job out of college. You know, this is, this is going to make me sound old, but 2006 pre-credit crisis, you know, Wall Street was high on its yeah. hog, you know, getting those jobs, you know, 22 years old, making 120, 150 grand a year. You know, it's a lot of money, particularly for someone like myself mm -hmm. who grew up with very little. Um, but I was like, but you have to sit at the desk for like a hundred yeah. hours a week. Yeah. Like it was like horrible. it was like not that I don't want to work hard, but like they're like, what is the life? And I remember actually visiting a buddy of mine um, who had graduated a year ahead of me, and I went and visited his apartment in New York City. He had this like fancy job at a big investment bank, and I go to his house, and he's got like a mattress on the floor and nothing. And I'm like, how much you pay for this apartment? He's like, oh, it's like four grand a month. New York's expensive, and I was like, but there's nothing in it. He's like, yeah, but I'm literally never, he's never here because yeah. I'm just I just sleep at the office and I'm this and I'm going like, you know, it's it's. I think for some people that's the right path. But I looked at that and I was like, you know what? Like there's something different for me. And I had this wanderlust of travel. And I thought to myself, I was like, if I put myself in a unique and interesting environment, if I travel, if I meet new people, if, if I have no money, but I'm, even though I get burned in a fire in Thailand, which ultimately happened, like I'm learning so much through that process about myself, about where mm -hmm. I want to go. And I imagine for you, I don't know you super well, but similar where you're just like, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep inventing. I'm going to work hard. And you're not sitting with your feet up doing nothing. You don't necessarily know where the, where the path goes. I love Steve Jobs' uh, quote from uh, his Stanford graduation speech. It goes, the dots don't necessarily connect forwards, but they can connect looking backwards. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of had that thought of like, if I go climb mountains or if I race triathlon around the world or if I, you know, take this random whim, you know, I've had many setbacks and failures along the way, but they've all sort of added up to a unique and beautiful life that has ultimately turned into a lucrative career and, and you know, yeah. something that I'm proud of. But in, in the beginning of that race, my friends with the investment banking jobs had more money and seemed mm -hmm. like they had a cooler life. Now, mm -hmm. you know, I go back to my, you know, 10, 15 year college reunion uh, and they're like, oh man, I see your pictures on Instagram. I fucking wish I could do something <laughs> like that, you know? And so it evens out the long run. So, I mean, when I'm talking to young people, it's like, hey, the road less traveled, oftentimes it's a little more uncertain, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily lead to where you were talking around complacency of just being like, I sit here on my couch and crack PBRs on well, Friday, think, waiting for the weekend or that kind of thing, you know, living a full life. I think one of the biggest things you can do is even if you are an I banker or an accountant, whatever, is just start to slowly expose yourself to those things. Totally. Like, you know, jump, jumping ship is not always a viable solution for people in life. We've talked about this on the show before. Some people have debt, they have kids, they have things that make it very hard for them to go and just say, okay, I'm, you know, and I'm giving up my job at the bank and I'm going to go hike or climb. But you know what? Do a little bit of it. Expose yourself to different things every year. 100%. See what you like. And right now, in 2019, we live in a society where you can literally turn nothing into something easier than ever before in the history of this world yeah. through YouTube, through Absolutely. Instagram, technology. through e-com, technology, whatever you want to do, you can go out there and do it. If you want to be 
the best hiker in the world and start an Instagram page or a YouTube channel hiking and find a niche, do something that no one else is doing and own that space. You could do it. A new niche is born every yeah. single day on this planet Absolutely. and you can own it right now. Literally. And that's to, that's to say too, I think that there are people doing investment banking, people in law, you know, doctors, whatever, who are like, that's what it, that's what they want to be they doing. They want to do and that. And so yeah. to me, I'm like, hell yeah, if you want to do that, do that. But don't be the person that like, didn't want to do that, thought you should do it, and then kept going down that path. If there's a different niche that strikes your fancy, like go after that. And I agree with you, jumping ship like tomorrow, you know, it's like fairly unrealistic. And what I've built has, you know, developed over time for sure. But um, yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's more so conforming in a way that you think you should or shouldn't do to because it's the right thing, Mm -hmm. ultimately leads to an unfulfilled life, you know, in general. You sound like a delusional optimist <laughs> that's what that's what charlie rocket winning streak and I, and, I, and I feel like one too like <laughs> yo if i always joke and that's not a joke though if i say if you took everything from me like strip me of everything it literally as long as i have like a tree i grew up in a fucking tree and i yeah. can like chop wood bro like, I'm, 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 I'm cruising <laughs> but i i do want people to take what, what you're saying what you're both saying with a grain of salt because this fascinates fascinates me too there's there's thousands of colin o'brady's who didn't become Colin O'Brady. There's thousands of Logan Pauls who, who did drop out of college to pursue their goal of becoming an internet star who didn't make it. So what do you think the difference has been? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, why, I, I like why me? I do. Why me? Hard why work. you? But, but a lot of people work hard, man. Like, not a... What, I, I, I think belief. Let's talk about belief is a, a big thing, too. Com- I think it's luck, Let's talk about luck, dude. No, no. Let's talk about luck for a second. Yeah, is luck real? Do you think that there is luck? Meaning, like... There's, there was a bit of thousands that could have been you and you just kind of like randomly fate, timing, whatever, that. Or do you think that you created your own luck in a more sort of meaningful way? Not mm-hmm. to say you haven't gotten some good turns yeah, along the way, sure. but... Um, I, I created my luck. I don't I don't really yeah. believe in like good luck. Like, oh, I, I got lucky. Like you win the lottery, you, you get lucky. You know right. what I'm saying? But like me... Man, I remember the days when I was sliding into people's DMs, like the Facebook, like mo- best vines page with like 18 million followers. And I was like, Hey, my name's Logan. Uh, check out this vine I just made. I think it's pretty funny. Maybe you could post it. <laughs> and like, I sent hundreds of those and eventually like one of them posted it. And I was like, Oh my God, it got solved by like, it's, it's seen by 50,000 people. And so there was that creative, uh, hump that I had to overcome to get seen and be noticed to, to, yeah. to do what I want. And I to think do. you're undervaluing that first step. That's a vulnerable thing to message mm. people and be like, oh, Hey, my thing's yeah. cool. Right. Oh, like, you know how many crazy. people like maybe film something or funny or as creative as what you've done, but are like, yeah, like they're going to laugh at me or the guy's not going to post me or like, yeah. and they're just like, then they just yeah. never do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that is actually, I think not yeah. an important. Well, no, it comes down to happiness too. Cause you don't have to be as big as you guys to, ultimately get that sense of purpose and happiness 100%. out of your life. Bro, I, I had 10,000 followers. I was stoked. Right. That was the greatest day of my life. So there's I a lot of people. That was amazing. There's a lot of people that deviate from their path or like if they're a banker or whatever they were and they have 10,000 followers and they're they're set. Yeah. If yeah. they're traveling, they're making enough to go and see the world. Like you, you, you don't have to pressure yourself to be at somebody else's level. I think that's a, that's another yeah, big thing so too. so big right now. Like, say, just be happy with where yeah. you're at. And I think the people who really fail and fall off that path of their passion is because they're, they're so stuck comparing themselves to other people. The people who make it to this level are the ones that are just happy. They're, there, they're totally cool with themselves. Absolutely. There's, there's no question to your point though that <clears throat> that first step that you're talking about, that DM slide, that is the only 
guaranteed pertinent step in the process. Yes. Guaranteed. If you don't take the first step and put your first video out or slide in your first Facebook DM or do any of those things, yeah. the sails on your ship that might be filled with luck and confidence later, the, the boat never leaves the station. You're stuck 100%. there. So until you do something and take the first step, I remember when I started taking photos after I first gotten clean and started to get my life together, I started taking photos. I bought a Canon. I started taking pictures and stuff. A month later, I started telling people I am a wedding photographer mm-hmm. and I made business cards that said wedding photography. Then people started hiring me for weddings. And then I said, Hey, drones, the DJI one phantom came out, I bought a drone. And I said, I do aerial cinematography for weddings. And they said, Oh, well I'll pay you $7,000 to do aerial <laughs> videography at my wedding. So I started fl- flying drones over people as they walked down the aisle. And I was never trying photography. I was just a photographer. So until you take that first step, start to believe in yourself and do things to, to put the sales up to get filled with luck later, nothing will ever happen. And I have like, to take the first I step. I think you're under, like, the, the, to me, what I hear from that story was I made business cards that said I was a wedding photographer. I was already like, in. You know what I mean? Like that, like, it, it, it was that hilarious. sounds like simple, but you're like, yo, that costs you like whatever, 50 yeah. bucks maybe. But it's like, it's like, oh, I'm actually this. Like yeah. I have a business card. It says I'm yeah. this. I, mean, I wasn't trying it. I was it. And, right. that, and then the same it. thing happened for social media too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, trust me, when Logan Paul slid into my DMs, I, I felt did. pretty I felt pretty honored, you know. <laughs> I, did. I, did. I was I was going to right after you did this, but I figured you were getting hit up by everyone. It was and you been, were been and madness. you were. Because I saw you on Rogan like two weeks after or some yeah. shit. And I was like, fucking Rogan got him. <laughs> God Damn it. it. And then didn't one of you suggest hitting him up? Andre did. Andre. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, he's sick. Um okay, yo, I, I want to talk about this little uh, little <laughs> the Antarctic expedition. Yes. Um. What when you saw the edge of the Earth? What was that like? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This Here is what I figured go. we were. Uh, you Fuck. know, this, this hall was just a pandering to get to this point. He said the word edge fifteen times already today, and I I was like, when is he gonna turn this page, dude? So tell us about the NASA rogue agents that stopped yeah. you. So you know, <laughs> as as you mentioned, um, there have been a lot of you know press and media and all sorts of things around this project, which is very humbling. Um, but when I got back to my hometown of Portland, Oregon, probably one of my more favorite, uh, although smaller uh, engagements was the mayor uh, called a press conference to announce that December 26th from furthermore into the future in Portland, Oregon, my hometown is no longer the day after Christmas, but it's now Colin O'Brady Day. Amazing. Uh, nice. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, so trust me, I'm getting back to the flat earth. But um, so that so that happens. It's a big press conference. Um, it's, it's great. He's he's actually our mayor has climbed Mount Everest. He's a, he's a badass. Oh, oh wow. Um, goddamn Ted Wheeler, great guy. Anyways, so there's a Q and A. Um, you know, kind of open forum. You know, town hall type of thing. People are asking me all sorts of questions. You know, how'd you go to the bathroom in Antarctica? How cold is it? Did you mm. see penguins? You know, all the things that people want to know. Um, I actually want to know the answers to all. Those yeah, so we, we can answer them in a second. Um, and then afterwards, it kind of the event wraps up. And this guy walks up to me um, afterwards. He says, hey, you know, I really just wanted to wait for kind of a private for private forum to ask you this question. I just want to shake your hand. You know, congratulations. Um, so let's talk real now. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. He's like, no! he's like 100% earnest. He's like, so um, how was the wall? What you, would you bring to climb the wall? You were like. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I was like, this is hilarious. Like, I thought I was joking. And then I was like. Why is that one so long? Why is that one so long, dude? The crickets. crickets. The crickets. Um, I was like, I was like, ha, ha. And I was like, oh. You're, you're serious. dead serious. Oh, wow. <laughs> you wow. are dead serious. Yo, so for those, just let me give some context. Yes. The flat earthers 
aka the people who believe the earth is flat, believe that the edge of the earth is surrounded by a giant ice wall 200 feet tall and that Antarctica cannot be crossed and that once you go a certain distance, you will see the edge. Yes. So, he, so, so all said by people who've never been there. By, by, by the way, I, I laugh at all of this kind of half-heartedly because uh, I actually had a, f- a friend. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, no. By the name of P. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I want to hear this with a straight face. <laughs> he, fell, he fell off the side. <laughs> <laughs> he fell off the side of the flat earth, dude. Look out! Okay, God, so, dude. so, uh, but you, you were getting shit from flat earthers. Oh, it was like a, it's like a real thing, man. Oh, I mean, it's very, yeah. Real. I mean, you, oh. you could tell me more about it than anyone, suppose. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a real thing. I mean, people were like, yo, and then people, but it's, it's crazy. I feel like they just kind of chew. They're like, like his GPS. There's like a whole thing actually in Forbes, not like some random thing. Like Forbes ran an article that was like, Colin O'Brady's project is in question because the Earth is flat. Thought by this, and was like, wait, what? Like, and then. And they were said his GPS coordinates weren't posted, whatever, which like I literally in the link of my bio of my Instagram page the entire times you could literally see in <laughs> any minute where I was like exact latitude and longitude, which is still posted on my website, by the way. But they're like, oh, no, no, no. But that just shows that GPS is wrong or that like no matter what you say, it's, oh, it's, it's always something wrong. It's always they will something. argue that till the day they go in the grave. Yeah. NASA pro- reprogrammed your GPS to fire back wrong. and your brain your, yeah. and your brain. <laughs> Make a make a fat, a literal statement right now to that camera that Andre's running. I you walked, crossed. Like, I walked a thousand miles from the coast to coast via the South Pole of Antarctica, and there was no wall, there was no edge. I just kind of kept going until the other side happened because Antarctica is a circle. And, uh, it's round. That's a fact. Yeah, it's round like the Earth a flat is round. Facts. <laughs> Yo, that is so funny to me. Wow. Because people will still. Debate you and oh, debate yeah. you all day long for the rest of their life. <laughs> all day long. Yo, get with the shit. It's over. You lost. You lost. <laughs> get move, on. <laughs> move on to something else. Area 51, something. <laughs> Reptilian overlords. I don't care what it is. But this Please. whole permitting thing is crazy. They're like, the government controls it. The, this, Any the, of that, that true. It's all life. You're you're a part of the like this biggest conspiracy. Yeah. How much did they pay you? Like was was there any government thing or like I mean did you just pull up and wreck? So Antarctica <laughs> Antarctica is actually <laughs> pull up. Wreck. <laughs> Antarctica is actually, I think this is really unique. Um, uh, I, I'm big, you know, big into conserving the environment. And uh, Antarctica, no one owns Antarctica. 12 countries, there's 12 signatory countries. And it's the only place in the world that has never seen war. Um, so it's kind of a weird thing to think about, but it's actually pretty special. So it's been preserved in this way. 12 countries have kind of come together to kind of like self-govern it. But essentially, yes, there there is government research that happens there. You do need the right of, you know, permits to be able to be in Antarctica, but it's not something that like you can't get. Like you can right. apply and get the permits did and you, do the did right you paperwork. Get the permit? Yeah, it's, okay. it's not like, it's not like you could do it anyway. Like, what you, is, like, so, so the question is this what is stopping them from going what is stopping them from bringing a camera by the way i'm so 
into this now at this point that I personally almost want to pay for them to go. Personally, I'm not even fucking playing, dude. I want to go into my Bank of America account, which is overdrafted, take enough money out to send these assholes to fucking Antarctica to see their to see the wall, bro. Because it seems what? like if there was a wall, you yeah. would just get just there and go. take a picture. No, because they won't because they won't well, do think- it because they know that they're gonna go. The wall ain't gonna be there, and all of their lucrative money making event shit is gonna die immediately. Yeah. I heard well, I Logan Paul was taking a cruise ship across the to prove that the first was flat. That was was like a week that was a, that was one week before our documentary dropped and everyone realized we were fucking with everyone brilliant by and, the way uh, thanks man thank you yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's like a bigger societal issue though uh, you know outside just flat earth like people jumping on things like just without going and doing it and seeing it or experiencing it or going through what that person went through that you're accusing them of it's the echo chamber, right? Like you, you could just go talk to the same hundred people that believe the same random thing that you, and then you feel like everyone in your whole world. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Every, Not, of course. Yo, yo. Earth is flat. When we were at the conference at the end, when we were done shooting, <laughs> by the way, I went, I went insane. I passed out for the first time in my life. Um, flat on his face. I was, I was questioning. I was like, you yo, flat. I was, like, I was like, yo, what if it is? Like, <laughs> I was surrounded by them for just too long, and I started reading Robbie Davidson's book, and I was like, yo, what if it is? What was bro? the most compelling argument where you were like, hmm, that guy? Nah. The, the, honestly, the most compelling. And by the way, I want to say I was high as fuck. Like, <laughs> I was not in the right state. Yeah. I was, I was high. I, like. Yeah, we smoked a lot. Anyways, yep. and the altitude. Anyways, uh, the the most compelling argument, to be honest, is um, when they say the the NASA photos like are photoshopped or composites, just because that's something like we, technically we are like fed these images, True. and like technically NASA could be some weird conspiracy program. I'm I'm kind of starting to be convinced. Maybe. Well, it's no, not. No, don't not. say that. <laughs> Well, the thing is, supposedly, too, that there's potentially the first photos that were taken in the late 60s could have been composite because we were in this thing with the Russians and everybody was in this space race. So who knows? But honestly, like, have we not gotten to a point now where there's not other photography, other stuff other than just NASA? Like, I mean, you're a master yes, drone photographer. You could just fly the drone. You could just fly the drone. I'm not just a drone photographer. I'm a space drone videographer. <laughs> I, just, I just made part? a new business. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about echo chambers and talking about lies. Okay. Not to get crazy political, but Trump went on stage uh, two days ago. He skipped the correspondence center. He went on stage in Wisconsin and said that Babies are born in Wisconsin. That's true. They're taken from the mothers. So for, uh, mm. at, at, when when abortions go wrong, they take the live baby, they bundle it up beautifully, a beautiful baby. And then he said, and then the doctor makes a decision whether or not we'll execute it. And he made this motion. And everyone in the crowd went, oh, they're using guillotines on babies in Wisconsin? Oh, no. Yo, this is not a true story. This did not happen. I'm sorry. Look it up, brother. No pull, the sh- pull the video up, actually. Let's watch it. It doesn't and surprise so, me And so to the point of echo chambers, whether it's him, whether it's the, the two dudes that were about to frame the Democratic guy for being like a um, pedophile or whatever. Yeah. If you put anything out there right now, some morons will eat that shit, dude. Trump has a new go-to lie about abortion, and it's horrific. Born alive. Born alive. The baby is born. Here we go. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap (laughs) the baby beautifully. No, your impression was good. And the 
He says it's incredible. Slice! Oh, gone! Slice. And there goes the head. The baby's head rolls away. And the dude with the black mask from the olden times comes and grabs the baby's head, bro, and sticks it on a fucking stake, dude, over the top of the castle. Good God! Yeah, well... Political theater. Yeah. That's the, we are living in a fucking shit show, folks. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think we are. I love 2019. It's so fake, bro. It's so fake. Like I, it's just so mind numbing. Like even like paying attention to it, even yeah, but, giving it energy, it like doesn't matter. There's such a new reality more... being built that it's it doesn't require politics to wanna be hear, built. Want to hear something about that new reality? They're saying he's got 2020 locked. But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't require politics to be built. Like oh, politics are are just like this compared to what's being built. That's true. I like that. I note. Kinda, like kinda, it's such yeah, a like waste of time, at. bro. Yeah. It's such a waste of time. That has 1.74 million views. Our last vlog has like three times that. Facts. That's good, bro. No, like I, it, I, it's, I, family, bro. it's such a no, it. it's such a mind numbing thing to focus. I get it, but at the same time. The views on his vlog didn't spend three trillion dollars on military last year. That That's I where you're wrong. Pay, that I have to pay for with my taxes. That's where he, you're wrong. He actually bought seven warships. <laughs> that's why. That's why we can't eat. It was just. It was a poor financial investment. Poor. The, 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 we don't even have any anybody to man the ships. <laughs> we don't have any ammunition. Like didn't they're just make, warships. Didn't you make Dwarf Mamba the admiral of your navy? <laughs> I thought he'd be good, bro. Anyways, damn a Logan Paul army. I mean, it exists called the Low Gang. You don't True. fuck with them. You don't fuck with them. Should we? Should we get some warships? Yeah, <laughs> that's the next investment. Obviously. I think so. I think so. Hey, man, you're awesome. Hey, what was it like to <laughs> masturbate below forty? <laughs> Let's get real into it. Like Let's I got, I gotta it. know. You can't tell me to go. 54 days without jerking off. I hate I hate to say, I hate to sort of really, you know, kind of spoil your wet dream about me in my tent all alone. But um, <laughs> don't, 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 uh, don't abstain. No, abstain. no, I don't believe you. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Honestly, man, I was so tired and so hungry. <laughs> really? <laughs> that like my body wasn't really functioning Yo, at an optimal level. But yeah. not even one time for this one time. One time for the squad, <laughs> bro. For the for the for the culture. Like you didn't see any you didn't see any hot snow bunnies out there that really got you. <laughs> and then the other, and let me put the other thing is that um to save on weight, I actually only brought one pair of underwear I said, but only 10 wet wipes with me for the entire journey. Oh my for, God. For sort of, you oh, know, so you had a dirty so. ass crossing in <laughs> oh, Antarctica, very, bro. <laughs> very, very, I thought very. you were going to say, to save on weight, you didn't bring your dick. <laughs> you left it home. That would have been heavy. That would have, that would have saved a lot of weight. <laughs> what was the diet like? Like, what did you eat? Um, well, I told you, I went to this lab and they actually yeah. created these bars that they called the Colin Bars. My sponsor, Standard Process, is a whole food supplement company and they create these custom bars, but it was all whole food, sort of plant-based nutrition. So, is you know coconut oil, nuts, seeds, um, sort of really specific to my, what my body kind of needs and takes. And then on, on the other side of that, I ate some freeze dried um, oatmeal stuff like that. But you're talking pretty, pretty Spencer. Basic. You're wow. talking Spencer's you, language. Yeah, right vegan, now. Just geek out he's, right he's about to jerk off right now. Yeah. If you keep talking about <laughs> I, I, I already did. Yeah. You didn't even see. <laughs> so wait, wait. You you were vegan on the trip? Uh, pretty much plant based. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. 
I'm yeah. sorry to get a new. See vegans new, crossing Antarctica. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up? I saw you do that boxing thing, man. When I was did. that? When was that fight? It was uh, last August. Last August. Doing it again in November. All right. How how'd you get how'd you get swole for that? I I went vegan. You did? Yeah, but uh, I lost too much weight, so I had to eat meat the last month. Like, bro, I lost, I lost so much weight. When I'm older, I think I'm a. Do you got to cut weight for that? You got to be a specific weight class for the fight. We, I don't really know to be honest. We were just like, yo, let's like try to shoot around 190, like gotcha. plus or minus five. Who's this guy you're fighting? His name's KSI. Okay, real out, real outstanding gentleman. Great guy. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you really think. Uh, <laughs> nah, uh, did you see penguins though? I, 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 I was actually curious about that. So uh, in the interior of Antarctica, there's no nothing alive. There's there's no nothing? wildlife. There's no trees. Obviously, there's there's nothing. Just um, ice. But on the edges of the continent, there are penguins. But I, I didn't see them where I was. Um, so that's, yeah, that's got to be a bit depressing. Would yeah, you, was it was it worth it? Was it worth it? The crossing? Yeah, even though you didn't see penguins. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I kind of want my money back, actually. <laughs> was there ever a moment where just like you're in this expansive white nothingness and you're like, wow, I'm in heaven. And then you realize, no, wait, I'm not dead yet. I think it might have, <laughs> it might have been this moment. Yeah, right there. <laughs> that was the moment of complete bliss. No, but but truthfully, actually, I tapped into some places in my mind that were very profound. I, uh, the last, you know, kind of actually deleted almost all my content. So I didn't have podcasts. I didn't have music. Pretty much was in silence the entire time. and was able to kind of find these spaces in my mind, um, you know, flow states, if you will, uh, that really could took me to some amazing places. For example, Damn. I could bring, bring back all the memories from my childhood, but not like not like if I was like, hey man, do you remember when you graduated from high school and you like have a quick memory pop into your you mind? You passing. It. Like I would be like there for like hours in that moment. <sighs> like this is what that person was wearing and this is what it looked like. Wow. And the wind was blowing, like, like lucid, lucid memory. So that was insane. And then wow. the last bit, um, I was out there um, and actually was run, running really low on food. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but there was another guy attempting at the exact same time. So there was actually a, a race of sorts going on. I was a couple of days ahead of him, um, but I wanted to finish this thing. And I was 77 miles away. My average miles have been about 15 miles per day pulling the sled. And I woke up, it was Christmas morning. And I was like, I'm 77 miles away. This should probably be three or four days or something like that. And then all of a sudden I just clicked into this flow state in my brain where just everything felt strong and powerful. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to see if I can go without stopping completely to the end. The sun never sets here. And so I did the last final 77 miles in this 32 hour flow oh state God, push dude. in my body and mind without did you, sleeping. Were without you worried stopping. about that? Like, were you worried you might blow your load? Like, on the last day, dude, you're like, I'm gonna go for it and just drop dead. It's funny, big ass like, booger in your left nostril. <laughs> like that's how that's how you go out, dude. They have you to know, come grab you. There was a moment when uh, Jenna, my wife, she said to me, she was like, you know, you're gonna finish this thing. You're gonna become the first. It's looking really good, unless you do something stupid like you know, blow your load at the end. The, yeah. But I. I found this place in my mind, and maybe you can relate to this from some of the stuff you've done in triathlon. I don't know, but where you just are just locked, you're locked in. Like I was just, I was, just, I just knew it. You know, it's crazy. Like, like I said, like bones are protruding. I was skinny. I was running out of food, and this. I was, you know, a couple of days before that, kind of crying about how weak and scared. I'd been all these bad storms. You know, I had a little bit of frostbite on my nose and fingertips at this point. But I just woke up that morning. And I was like, oh wait, like boom, I've got it. I just found this place in my mind. And wow. that's just another example of, like I said, of these sort of reservoirs of untapped potential or these things that we can find inside of us where like you don't know where those edges are and you get to 53 days and you think I'm going to be declining so quickly. And I actually found the strongest moment of my entire life perhaps mm. to push through 77 miles in one continuous push, which yeah. has really never been replicated in well, any like, sort of form in Antarctica. It's like those moms that like lift cars off their 
Baby. kids oh, yeah. or something, you know? We have so much, so much strength inside of us. And we can, I mean, for me, that's cultivated around endurance sports, but I think you can cultivate that sort of yeah. passion, creativity in so many different directions. Well, you, you, have you ever been to work hungover? Yes. A very similar situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're like, I'm going to dig so fucking deep right now to get through this day. And you, you, you get into a flow state and yes, it's clouded by bong resin, PBR, use condoms, whatever, but you fucking drill as hard as you can. And you, some, I pushed through seven hour work days in the final how many, You sent at least 77 emails. Yeah. Okay. They were all three misspelled words, but yeah. yeah. And you get that TPS report on the desk. <laughs> there you go, Boom. Rose. Hey, don't lie to me. Did you ever hit a flow state? During your Iron Ironman, oh, for sure, oh, yeah. for sure. Like at the end, if you look uh, in the footage, my eyes are just crystal clear white. Um, I'm like skinny. I'm like just like dead, but I'm still <laughs> celebrating. Like yeah, you you have to. It, as long as you're pushing through some limit where you're like, oh my god, I really don't. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to do this. But then you push beyond that, and you like overcome that wall or that barrier wall. yeah you, hit the yeah, wall, you yeah. break through that that's where you can really tap in and i think maybe you've probably experienced this you know doing an iron man and things like that but where time sort of changes right so for me like the passage of time there's moments when you're struggling and you're all the doubts going through your brain you know i remember actually the first day when i was in antarctica i couldn't barely pull my sled and i was like holy shit i might not i called my project the, the impossible first, first literally the first day i called my project the impossible first and after the first day i was like what called my wife was like we may have named a project the right thing it looks like it's impossible but i was like literally i remember going okay i'm gonna like try to get into this i'm gonna try to pull my sled and i'm like pulling my sled i'm like okay i'm in a good rhythm i can barely pull the snow to this and this i looked down at my watch been four minutes like i'm like i'm like oh my god so, but then conversely with 32 with 32 hours that was like it went through in just like this like sort of lucid days where i got in this place where like you know hours would tick off over time and i'd just be like just kind of comfortable in this and it would just be floating by so it's weird how we can like four minutes can seem like a lifetime yeah. but then 32 hours yeah. can, you know like just be i don't know i was just writing about this like i think a lot of the music we listen to the content we consume like the people we're surrounded with, it formulates a thought process that isn't us, but we think it's us because it's that voice inside. For sure. That is like constantly chattering whenever you, you try to be quiet, you know, you try to like go into a meditation, but you can't. And I think it requires something like that, like that shock to your system, that shock to your paradigm to, yeah. to actually address it. Have any of you guys you or any of you done meditation in any sort of meaningful way? We, we've dabbled with it, but yeah. Yeah. you've like, you've like thrown the, the headspace app on for like, 30 I did. I, I had it. I was paying 13 bucks a month. <laughs> Great app, by the way. But just like everything else in my life, I got bored. And I'm going to throw down a challenge here. I'm going to throw down a challenge Oof. to you guys. Oh, you want shit. <laughs> you know, it's not a physical challenge, but I think it will have the most profound growth if you have it. You're a hard worker, so it's probably hard to find 10 days, but. 2011, my life changed when this girl came to my race, uh, this Turkish woman who's married to a friend of mine. She doesn't know nothing about sports and sees me race my one of my first professional triathlons and goes, you know, I see that this is actually more of a, a mental challenge that you're going through. You should meditate. And I'm like, cool, where do you think I should start? And she was like, well, there's these 10-day silent meditation retreats, completely silent, no reading, no writing, no eye contact, called Vipassana meditation. You may have discussed this. You may be aware of this. Completely free to oh, go. Well aware. And 
game changer. Game changer. Like if you want to have more profound growth in your life than ever, young creators out there, whoever's watching, I'm telling you, go find a Vipassana meditation course. It will change your life. It costs you nothing other than 10 days, which will be the most profound investment you can make in your life, period, no matter what you're trying to cultivate. Didn't you do that, Andre? All you right. did two? Two 10 days? What was it? I did it, it change your life? Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I'm going to do it. You got to do I'm it, gonna man. I'm going to do I'm going to fucking do it. We Let's do it. it here. Let's book it, it in it the here. schedule. All it's, of us? Well, all of us go there? Hell say, yeah. You think me and Mike can be silent for 10 days next to each other? <laughs> yeah, we're fucking right. Literally, yeah, right. Seconds, dude. Literally, yeah, yeah, right. Would, but that said, we would get it done. Because that's because you're we disciplined. Do. You do it. Uh, you know, but I I'm saying, I'm, you, no. If you guys can, if you guys can do this, what you guys are doing, I know there's something inside of you that's like when we set our mind to something, we're actually going to do it. Discipline, not together, discipline though, no maybe chance. not together. No, no discipline. Doing what you guys do every day, creating content, all the shit you guys do, it might not be fun. I know what it's it is, hard work. What it is is I hate fucking losing, bro. I can't. <laughs> that's why lose, I got to throw it out as a challenge. Can you do it? I don't think you can oh, do I it. I can do it. I, I don't know. think you can do it. I don't think you can either. I don't think you can either. You can't do it. They said I couldn't go vegan because I love steak. I made a whole month. A whole month? That's longer than 10 days. That is, yeah. Fuck. That's, that's, just, that's just math. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. Is there any way I could just simply pay you to take that challenge back? <laughs> 10 days is sound. They're going to miss you on the podcast. You're going to come back. There's should, one in Joshua we, Tree, not far. Really? Yeah. We should do it exactly. and document it should and we, then make a YouTube video about well, it. Well, who's documenting so it? I'll document it. You got to be silent. Yeah, I can. <laughs> do I have to talk while I press record? Like, what do you do? What do you do the whole time? Can I get massages? No. What, what okay, do you the, do? The entire day is the exact same. Andre knows this. Um, and basically what it is, they wake up at 4.30 in the morning. They, bing, they ding this gong. Then you meditate. Basically, it's about 12 hours a day of meditation, but there's three main one hours where you're in the hall. There's a meditation hall where you're near other people. So you're sitting on the ground, um, but obviously no one's talking. Um, and then the, there's only two meals in the day. So you only get to eat, eat twice. You don't eat after sort of midday um, until the following day. And the rest of the time, you're either meditating in the hall or your room. And you can be outside a little bit, you know, walking around to kind of stretch your legs and stuff. But it's pretty focused meditation um, in complete silence. So no reading, no writing, no eye contact. As you even, you know, the food is prepared for you. It's a very simple vegetarian diet. Um, but, you know, normally you'd like say like scoop some rice on your plate or beans and like a guy standing behind you, like normal thing to do would be like hand the guy the spoon, right? But in this sense, you're supposed to act as if you are completely alone. So you just be like, <clears throat> scoop that, set it back down. Who tells you're you? in silence. Who tells you that's how you do There's it? There's a little orientation like before it starts where obviously someone's talking to you okay, and then okay. it's, the schedule is written on the wall. But the meditation itself is guided. Um, and so the basically at the beginning of each one of these one hour segments, there'll be like in the three or four minutes of, you know, instruction as it's progressive. So first it's an awareness of breath and then it gets kind of deeper into the practice as you go. And then one hour at night, there's what's called a discourse, which is sort of the, the teacher kind of giving you a little bit of a download on, you know, you're not speaking to him, but they're giving you a little bit of kind of instruction on what the next day looks like, some allegories and something like that. But it's in silence, man. I mean, other than a few people talking to you about meditation and like, even in those hours, it's not like they're talking, it's not like Headspace where he's talking to you the whole time it's guided. It's like a couple of minutes and then Boom, the room's dead silent for an yeah. hour. Most like, important uh, question, and I'll just ask it for Logan. <laughs> what are the Wi-Fi up and downs? Yeah. <laughs> and, up, what, speed. And, and most <laughs> and most importantly, what are what is the schedule around uploading? Yeah, that's um I think right after the tea break in the evening, it's uh, <laughs> okay, the, the YouTube vlogging break. Fantastic. This is, yeah, that's the modern day version of the Buddhism. <laughs> I wonder if we could upload. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. If I'm gonna do this, We're I'm gonna, gonna do, do it, it right. Yeah. I, the we're one, gonna the do other, it, we're gonna do the it. other reason why I like things like this 
is because I know that everything in life that takes time, like I can just imagine what day 11 feels like when you walk yeah. out of that bitch and you're just, you're on, you're on, you're literally levitated above the ground. I walk straight, I walk into the club and I'm just like this. And I'm just like fucking levitating. Girls are like, I, you look like you haven't spoken in days. <laughs> I got a couple stories to tell. I got two stories to tell that you're like. So my first time I go, my stepdad drives me out there. I mentioned my stepdad before. He's an amazing guy in my life. He drives me to the place an hour north of Portland. There's a center. And I have five older sisters, big, big family. I'm the baby boy. And he's like, yo, I have never heard you shut up a single second in your life. So you can go there for an hour, but I'm going to leave the car running in the parking lot. When you realize this is a terrible idea, just come back out. I'm still going to be here. But similar to you, when someone throws out a challenge, I'm like, no, I'm staying. And I'm so glad I did. But the second of all is my wife. We've done it together a couple of times. Obviously, the men and women are segregated. You're by yourself, but at, concurrently at the same time. And so the last time we did it, actually, um, we came out of the meditation at the exact same time. So could speak again for the first time. And we went immediately and drove up to Banff, Canada. So without really oh talking God. to anybody Banff. else, we drove straight up to Banff. And so we were still on this kind of you know silent meditation vibe, just the two of us in our own little bubble. And the connectedness that we felt with one another, the conversation, the depth. I mean, it's almost like rolling your face off at Coachella. It's on that level yeah, of depth. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, can, I'm, I'm serious. Sure. On the most natural of natural of natural ways of just like yeah. this vibration, this connectedness wow. um, that well, I've know, never experienced in any other ways, you know, running around Burning Man, other things I've done. But like being in that space was profound, profound. And to share that with somebody else or the girls in the club that see you levitating either way, you know, there's a... <laughs> well, uh, they say, they say monks and like people who are spiritually enlightened... Uh, they don't take any hallucinogenics, but yet they have the ability to tap into those same like supposedly hallucinogenics than anyone else. In 100%, an instant, like yeah. whenever you want, one hundred percent. Which it is like little, that. It takes a little more work than the ghost going, right? Yeah. Taking a little pill, but yeah, it is a level even deeper. Like that to me. I by the time I'm in my thirties, like I had I. And just inside, something's driving me to have to experience that, to like set down all substances, get away from all the things that you're attached to in reality and ta find a way to tap into that. Yeah. And I think actually what you said before when you were, it reminded me of this, when you said, look, if I lost everything right now, I just had a tree, like I could, you know, I could chop wood, I could, you know, I can, you know, be that in the simplicity. And for me, I have a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of abundance, amazing things. I'm just as addicted to social media, my iPhone as, as the average person, but going through that and realizing that I can be happy with nothing in the simple stillness of my brain has so given me great. so much strength to take risk in my life yep. to say like, hey, I'm going to try to start that business. I'm going to cultivate that idea because if this doesn't go wrong, worst case scenario, like I'm still, still me you're and still I'm good. good. Yep. And that confidence is like unrivaled in the sort of the potency of it. Yep. You, you talk about social media addiction. I did an interesting little uh, little math problem yesterday. I was on the plane <laughs> and I was curious because I was spending like an hour. I think the average person right now on Instagram is spending like an hour 15 or more. On uh, just that app. On, on just Logan, Instagram. On Logan Paul's page. On Logan Paul's page. Looking at Broly. Yeah, I have Blue. a lot of pictures. Which, yeah. which is, you know, makes <laughs> sense. Um, so if you were to add that up into 50 years of consumption on Instagram, say we're, you know, using Instagram sure. all the way into our 50s and 60s, which we probably will, you know, because that's our native platform, our way of consuming content. So if we're to use it for just one hour per day for 50 years, that's two years of our life. Mm. Just just scrolling <laughs> on a phone. That's two a two years. Time, dude. This podcast is supported by Morgan Stanley. At Morgan Stanley, we see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities. 
and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Because grit and vision working in lockstep puts you on the path to your full potential. Old School Grit, New World Ideas, Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Like, so think about that. That's insane. Like, make that content, make that two years of your life that you're about to spend. Like, you just, you you just don't see it in that chunk of time. 10 days doesn't seem like a lot when yeah. you put it in that perspective. Yeah. 10 days is nothing. And that's just one app, remember? Exactly. The average and that's a very user modest. probably uses their phone for it's five. It's a very modest, you know. Yeah. It could be three years. could be four years. Like one hour a day. That's very modest. Like people are consuming hey, two, hey, three hours hey, of listen, social media a day. They don't hate me. I'm not. <laughs> but so what? I mean, if we go with that attitude our future is looking a little interesting because we're starting to give up our power. You know, we're saying, are we? We're saying, I don't need to tap it. Why do I need to? Because I can just be bored. I can just consume this instead of empowering each other, instead of changing the world, instead of upgrading civilization. We're just going to, there's going to be people that just fall off. Well, it's funny because he's goes devil's advocate which is cool but he also is is a firm has talked or at least been a pretty big believer in the cyborg we're becoming cyborgs of course we might as well be that's not implanted in our brains every single one of us basically is like right connected Uh, to uh, every single one of us but but counter spencer's point there are people out there who would say arab spring was born out of twitter the only reason arab spring happened was because of twitter you know what i'm saying and there's a lot i'm sorry what is that uh the rights for Arabs and Arab countries yeah. grew from an uprising that started on Twitter, and those demonstrations were born yeah. and crafted and cultivated yeah. on Twitter. Right? Well, that's yeah. And, the uh, social and, media yeah. is like a beautiful tool when used and, properly. When used properly, right, like right. what I do to right now, be social. Exactly. Right. right exactly. <laughs> what I do right now is I've muted everybody that isn't positive. At least you didn't unfollow us again, dude. Exactly. That sucked. Because I be like honest, man. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't I thought that was yeah. awesome. I don't want to be a dick because it's still a great platform to network. It's still a great platform to consume content. It's it's an amazing tool. But if we don't use it and respect it as an amazing tool, it becomes an addiction. Well, so the way that I've looked at it, so during my Antarctica Crossing, my other projects, I've actually used social media a lot because I think it's an amazing way to tell stories. You know, I'm no Logan Paul on the internet, but I was the first person in history to Snapchat from the summit of Mount Everest, which was uh, the most viewed Snapchat story of the year. 33 million or so? Yeah, in 2016. (laughs) Um, So anyways, but... And then also in Antarctica, I carried, even though I was cutting weight, I carried this little satellite modem where I could upload images to that. Mm. And because I think as humans, even going back to caveman days long before the internet, you know, we're wired for storytelling. It's how we are inspired. It's how we consume things. However, the difference being that my reason for doing that isn't to be the athlete in the arena like, yo, guys, I'm going to do something no one in history has ever done. Watch me do this. The way that I share my content is say like, hey, I'm doing this. What can you do? Like what what in your life can you take from this and to be inspired? And so all the DMs that I get now that inspire the hell out of me are someone's like, yo, I watched you cross Antarctica and I finally started that business that I always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or I leaned into my relationship in another way. Or I went and did that meditation course. Or things that people said took something from it, took a proactive step in their lives. Yeah. And so I think to your point about mm-hmm. social media, just the mindless scrolling and the like comparing yourself to others and all that, like that of two years of that, like that's really sad. But, get, you know, using it as a platform in this digital age to go like, wow, we can inspire others. We can speak to millions of people all at the same time. Yeah. 
in that sense, it's a beautiful thing that like, we've never seen yeah. before. And so to me, it's finding that balance. And I try to use the platform in that way to sort of share my ideas or sort of, because I'm inspired as a hell as other people's stories that inspire yeah. me, you know, like that's how I get fired yeah. up as well. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's beautiful. I think there's an opportunity to, uh, for all creators, if there's any creators watching this to, you don't have to take this like massive approach to like being inspiring in every piece of your content but roll something into your storytelling. I've, I've talked very, very little about my struggles with addiction and overcoming that. I've, I've talked about it on the show, maybe 30 seconds at a time here and there. And the amount of DMS I've gotten from people that have said, yo, see, knowing where you came from and how bad you were sleeping on floors and all of the horrible things you went through and seeing where you are now inspired me to give up opiates today. Yeah. The first person that I heard that from hit my heart so fucking hard. Sure. And I've gotten dozens now and I hope everyone's staying on, on the right path. But like I rolled in such a little amount of that storytelling and inspired His people. So yeah, did, was that a penis? Yeah. There? No, 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 I was just, uh, I just think it's, I think there's def always an opportunity to roll some of that inspirational storytelling or like your life tale into and, content, and like and we were know? talking about before about having that sort of 360 image of a person that multi-dimensional layers of being yeah. like yo i've made mistakes yep. but i've learned from it or you know that that is where people can actually relate because if you're just sitting here going like oh yeah i'm here everyone watch me i'm super cool you're like well, what was your journey for getting there or like if i'm like oh i'm a world-class athlete i have four world records done shit that no one's ever done it's like okay well but then you're like oh but i got burned in the fire yeah, and i made yeah, these yeah, mistakes yeah. and it's like yeah. oh wait that's a full and complete story yes and yeah. that's where we connect to that vulnerability and the depths because everyone can see them themselves at some part of the arc of that story, whether that's in the depths of opiate struggle right now or seeing themselves getting out of that, you know, whatever that is. And that, I mean, that's how, I think that does bond us as a, a fabric of humanity. And that used to be just shared, you know, by minstrels or the, you know, storytellers walking around the medieval times all the way through now. We just share it differently now, but um, it is destructive in other ways as, as I think we both agree upon. Yeah. I think yeah, that's I, a new I, wave. Too. Yeah, using social media the right way. Yeah. Um, and consuming it the right way. It's it's funny. The com uh, the top comment on our last podcast uh, by Neon Noah. Dear Logan Paul, if you see this comment, tell Charlie he may have just saved my life with this podcast. I'm an overweight kid who is bullied in school and I have very few friends. Each day I pray that I make it out of school alive. This podcast inspired me to think about school in a different way. Tomorrow I'm going to try my hardest to ignore all the bullies. Also to hear about how Charlie and Mike both came back from 300 plus pounds makes me want to do something about my weight and not let it get worse. And there's more but here, but like... Thank you for ha having Charlie on today. He is my new best friend, and I don't even know him. But like, I, I, that's I, real. That's, that's, that's real. That's real as fuck. And I have these moments with 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 things that I watch, and that's that's like where I like as a product of social media, almost like I, this is the stuff that I I yeah. am scroll, attached to. And I'm, scroll uh, yeah. scroll up just a little bit too. Um, like, I, I'm afraid just because we got hit with an ad, and I, this oh, girl's okay. looking at well, me. Well, not all the way up. Oh, okay, <laughs> you can go down a little bit. So 156 thousand views. You know, that compared to millions of views, like what's more impact? I think that's something that, you know, I, I like to pay attention to these comments and when people say I, this I, stuff, because this is, you know, obviously this is a new video. That's actually really good engagement, but the videos that aren't, aren't getting millions of views are sometimes the ones that are the most impactful, impactful that actually yeah. move people to, to, to do. And I think when you look back, obviously you're making scalable impact. And like you said, there's dozens of DMS, you know, I get, you know, the same thing, thousands of responses like this that are amazing, but like, forget about all that. Like one dude right there is like, yo, what you guys put in the world, like save my life today. Crazy. Thank you. Like that, Crazy. you know, there's no, like, that or scalable millions that like just the one of one impact yeah. level that is extraordinary. Right. I also think, I mean, speaking of social media and it being used the right way, I'm not, I'm, I'm also not sure where we are on the right path. This is, 
This is a video that came out uh, last week. I don't know if you've seen this. I, I did see this. This I is put fucking it up weird. There. This is so weird. This is a uh, chimpanzee scrolling through Instagram. Scrolling the gram. Like doing it right. Like, <laughs> yo, swiping left and right to, to make photos bigger. Yeah. And he's on Tarzan's page, who we had on the podcast. But this is terrifying. I don't, I just don't know about all this. Snakes. This can't be good, Mike. <laughs> how, do, how does he know? How, this is, what the fuck? I, I just don't this know. Double it's double It's funny to me because that's like actually how the majority of people scroll social media. Like their the faces right next to like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ass, ass. Ooh, double tap, double tap. Double tap for ass. Look at it, dude. That's the face of a social media addicted chimpanzee. <laughs> That's what you. That's, that's what you look like right now, looking at your phone, watching this episode. That's exactly what you look like. <laughs> hey, uh, you got a hard out, yeah? Yeah, I got a roll. A hard what on? Is what is it? I got a hard, hard on. Oh, no, hard, hard, hard out. Hard out. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna throw this out there to see if you guys know who this is. But I'm actually speaking on a panel in two hours. Um, uh, with a guy by the name of Gene Simmons. Hell yeah. who that is. I'm 34 years old. Okay. Of course I know. <laughs> the guy's course. a legend. Yeah. I just didn't know if like, you know, that didn't, I mean, the, literally the, the lead singer of Kiss, you know, one of the most notable Incredible. rock bands of all time. That's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that. Where's uh, where's that? At the Milken Conference. It's downtown Beverly Hills. Oh, Hilton. at the Milken? That's a yeah. big, uh, what's the dude's name? That runs it, yeah, Michael Milken, Michael John Milken, Milken yeah. Michael. I mean, a lot of people would say that's a very highbrow speaking engagement, but it's no, it's not the impulsive podcast. So I had to make sure to come here first. It's true, it's kind of, it's gonna kind of just uh, my day is just really tailing off after this. Do you have to leave at noon? Is that your yeah, heart noon? Out? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right, we're gonna go audio only, real quick Q and A with Colin O'Brady, bro. Thank you for coming on this podcast. You're awesome, dude. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you for having me. Of course, bro. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, at Colin O'Brady is my Instagram. Uh, that's the main place. My website, ColinO'Brady.com. Um, got all the stuff. I'm working on. A book right now, so uh, when that comes out, that'll be on the website. What's the, the title? Uh, to be determined, Let's but, uh, but it looks like it's going to be the first. What was it? The impossible first. The impossible that first. was the name oh. of my project. So, um, oh. but uh, yeah, working title still, but that should be out early next year. But yeah, check me out, and also all my speaking engagements and things like that are uh, on my website. But the gram is the best way to get me at Colin O'Brady. Very cool. That's we great. appreciate you, brother. Audio only, Spotify, iTunes. Right now, we're gonna get juicy. I love you. Hit that subscribe button. Take it easy, man. Peace. We're here. Audio only. Wow. What do you guys want to talk about? I don't know. Talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, hey, when you were a kid, did you know you were going to grow up to be a superhuman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get this superhuman question a lot. People say, Colin, you must be a superhuman. And my response is, yeah, I am a superhuman. But so are you. Oh, You know? But so oh, are you. Oh. Because I believe that it really comes down to a muscle that we can all flex. Not the one between our legs, but the one between our ears. The uh. six inches between our ears. And how we flex and develop that determines our superhuman abilities. And we can all do that. So, And let me ask you something. Yes. Do you really believe that? I do believe You believe that. everyone I, has that superhuman in them? I think that people have extraordinary capabilities in us. And my, even myself, if nowhere near, found the limits of my own potential. Everyone. I do. Some people just suck, dude. Like if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, it's deep down. It's like they're they're just a thick ass onion. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I like that. Bunch I like of onions, that. bro. I like that. Uh, yeah, a lot of layers to peel back. Yeah. Well, how, how can you peel back those layers? Like, we've been, we've what? been saying it lately. Inspiration, desperation. Uh, one of those two. You were inspired. I was desperate. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I think one of those two things will pull those layers yeah. back for you. For sure. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like, dude. We're on such different parts of our evolution. Like, you know, you're 
Yeah, I, I love the saying. It's like, don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 80. I love that. It's, yeah. you know, there's people who like, let's just say like immigrants, for example, coming into our country right now, like our families did that five generations ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so you can't, you look at them like, hey, why aren't they getting what I'm at right now? It's like, bro, you're on freaking iPhone. Like you're you're on iPhone 10. They, they, they're, they're on, the, on a phone. Nokia. Nokia. Yeah. Nokia. I like looking at the chart of when uh, <clears throat> older CEOs started their businesses, like mm-hmm. the uh, Coach Brother, Coach, Coach, Coach Brother, Coach, 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 yeah. the, Coach McDo- Brothers. the McDonald's, Coke Coach Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, or or like McDonald's was founded. Well, like dudes like 50 years old. Yeah. Ray Kroc. Yeah. And uh, also Oprah, like all these people got their starts really late in life. And so like, I think that's why I feel like at 34, man, I'm, I'm chilling, dude. I'm 12. Yeah. Well, I think it, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Yes. Respect. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah, totally. Get it. I'm 12. What are your new goals? What's next? What are my new goals? I'm sure um, you got a big thing. I got, I do have another expedition that's, that's uh, marinating in the back of my brain. It'll be the later Uh-oh. this year. I have not announced it yet publicly. So mum's the word still, but uh, come follow me on Instagram and I'm going to announce that at some point soon. Um, but the, you know, the real, real fun thing for me has been the ability to share the story as widely as possible with Antarctica. I'm just only back been a few months but being able to you know press media podcast long form um all the public speaking i do in the corporate sense all the i have non-profit with kids hey, you're really good at kids. it too oh, i appreciate that man i watched you on rogan briefly before you came on here i was like oh this is dope this dude actually has a personality <laughs> i appreciate that but you know that and then the book you know it's fun you know uh it's always a dream of mine to write a book so to really be kind of diving into the details of, of what i'm it's a cathartic process for me man i'm learning by going through i used to write journals since i was a kid so I'm reading sorry. back my old journals and going back through my old story of course we're going to talk about Antarctica and the more present day stuff, but you got to, you know, figure out, you know, for the source of that. So that's been an interesting project if it's its own. While my body recovers, I'm u- using the mind to... Do you cry to, at all while you wrote it? I, I'm a big crier, man. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I uh, I get emotional pretty easily. I, uh, you know, I, I, I like that feeling, you know, that actually, I feel like I'm actually alive when I'm feeling those. So yeah, going back through my childhood stuff, certainly reflecting on things that I regret as well, you know, ups and downs in life. Um, but uh, the emotions of, of all the pieces of my life, it definitely brings out, brings out some tears from time to time, both happy and sad tears. I, I like crying. I, yeah. I asked because I, because I've written one myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I remember there were certain points where I was trying to type and my keyboard was, Covered in <laughs> tears, dude. Oh yeah, I mean, it it brings out all all those real moments, and yeah. that I mean, but that I think also what forms a beautiful piece when you know you can tell when someone kind of whitewashes their story or something like that versus someone who gets into that sort of authentic truth uh, of their life, you know, and that that's where I'm aiming for. What does your wife do when you're gone? I was gonna say that, man. How's she cool with that? <laughs> My wife is the most amazing woman on the planet. Sorry, everyone else out there, um, <laughs> but no, she really is. I, she is my co-creator. We've dreamed up all of this together. We met when we were 20 years old on a tiny little sand atoll uh, in Fiji, actually. I was traveling around the world right before getting burnt in the fire. Whoa. And uh, her and I met on an island uh, very young and have had this amazing life together. We've you know been in 50-some countries together, but also have built these projects. So it's not like I come there. Some people think like in the general sort of gender roles, you'd like a guy be like, I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to set these world records. The wife's like, no, don't go, don't go. And she's like, okay, like, let's create something from this. Let's tell stories. Let's start a nonprofit, impact kids. Like, let's really build this thing out. Like our last project had 2 billion media impressions. It's the most kind of covered expedition in history. Um, You know, tons of coverage globally, whatever. And like, that's Jenna behind a laptop, like figuring out media, figuring out PR. Like we've really bootstrapped a lot of this and it's because of her cunning and strength. And so what does she do? I mean, she's in the trenches with me. And even 
when I was alone in Antarctica, physically alone, like I like to say, Jenna walked every step with me. And, you know, for her and I, like when we got to the end, yeah, we've been separated for two months, but we have been so emotionally entangled in this massive goal together that I fell even more in love with her throughout that process. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, one, bro. that's one thing that, um, that I, I, I can't discount for, for stories. We're talking about what's important before luck or hard work, man. It sounds like you were, I've been so blessed with good fucking people behind me. And like, honestly, like I feel really badly sometimes for people who weren't given that. Cause like, like you talk about your mom, my mom is like my hero. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, I've always had really strong friends and family behind me. And I feel terribly for people who have to go through the struggles of life alone. A hundred percent. I feel super fortunate for that. You know, without my mother in Thailand, without what Jenna has been with me, the other countless people, you know, that have been a part of my life. Um, it's, you know, I definitely can't be discounted how important that is for sure. I just, before we sign off, I want to say when it comes to heroes, your sister is my hero. My li- Anyways, Colin O'Brady, <laughs> bro. Thank you for coming on Boston. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate let you it. Go. Of course, find him on Instagram at Colin O'Brady. That's a fact. That's right. Hit that subscribe button. Rate us five stars. We'll see you next time. Take it easy, man. Peace. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.